Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hump Day edition of The Rundown, the first Hump Day of 2022. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as you know, I do not do this program by myself. No, I tend to help out when I have some time available, and today I do because I love everybody at the Rundown here where we give you 2A news and conservative views. My name is Mike Borski, coming to you live from the East Coast, the coast with the most, the co-host with the most. Let's have a great day, Craig. Let's do it. Let's get this thing going. You know why it's going to be a great day, right? Because it's hump day! Hump day! Uh Uh-oh. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's hump day. Hump day! <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Got to love yep. hump day. It is the attempted. It is our first attempt at beginning the weekend. That's right. That's right. We make every effort to go from here. Yep. <laughs> this, is where, uh, this is where hump day starts for me. Try and start it right now. Well, listen, I know... Uh, uh, tried to start about about noon today is where I tried to start, but uh, I'm still working. So we'll see how it goes. It'd be like that sometimes, but you know what? In this particular case, it's all about the effort. That's right. It, listen, it, it it might not be hump day on the calendar or it might not be the weekend on the calendar, but it is in my heart. It is in my heart. <laughs> I heart hump day. Uh, hump day. <laughs> yep, that's it. So how's the weather there, my friend? uh we we again it's pretty chilly here we uh we've got uh 60s and 50s going on so uh you did not just say it's chilly at 50s and 60s i'm somewhere in long sleeves i don't know if you can see that yeah <laughs> no let's be clear i will know that it is truly cold when mike pibble wears pants long pants that is listen uh, the only way that's happening is uh weddings or funerals or court you know, those are the only way those are the only times and weddings well, and it's, if you uh, have to wear a uniform yeah, weddings is weddings is fifty fifty. If I'm gonna wear a, uh, if I'm wearing pants, you know. But, uh, but weddings and you know court ha- court pants and, of uh, any kind or just shorts versus pants. Well, just just you know pants versus shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's plenty of weddings that end up without pants or shorts, but that was you know completely different reasons. Uh, <laughs> it was it was like a pool party. What are you thinking, you pervert? Um, it's a, uh, so no good stuff. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, yeah, once the once the re, the real retirement started to uh, take place, uh, like okay, not wearing, definitely not wearing pants, and definitely not wearing polyester pants ever again if I don't have to. So mm. it's just kind of well, you know, and that's well, like I said, those of you who know the, the one of the advantages of living in Florida and uh, uh, being your own boss to a certain degree and having the ability to control your own schedule and all of that is the ability to uh, control one's attire. Um, that's right. when I worked in the legislature. I had suits galore. I, I don't get me wrong. I still enjoy wearing suits, but I'm not going to, you know, now that I work for myself and I, I largely work from home, I'm, I'm not going to walk around the house in a suit and tie all day when I don't have to. You know, Craig, uh, I have, and I, I don't want to get into it, uh, you know, too in depth. I don't want to take up too much time, but I have a, a closet full of suits, full of uniforms, full of tuxedos, uh, full of custom made stuff, full of off the rack stuff. I've got uh, uh, an incredible dress up wardrobe, and I just don't have to wear it anymore. Um, yeah. And in, in fact, I 
was about a year and a half ago was going past a formal store one of those like like rent a tux kind of places mm-hmm. um and they had us going out of business sale and i figured all right you know i'm still like nice clothes let me stop in there real quick craig i bought i think it was five tuxedos and five suits for like 80 bucks um and listen i i they were so cheap i mean that's like that's like it's just like ten dollars a tuxedo i've i've contemplated cutting the grass in them you know just because (laughs) it would be cheaper so to ruin that tux, then it would be just a nice T-shirt I like. Well, yeah. I will tell you, and I had this conversation with my with my uh, with my adult son. Um, I told him, I said, "Look, if if you are a if you are a professional, uh, every professional uh, young man needs to young or old man needs to own at least one tuxedo. Just yes. own it. Get a get a basic. Don't get like the whatever the modern style is. Just get the basic." The basic black tuxedo, and you can always buy different. I mean, it's just it's just something you should have because I mean, if you're a professional, you're going to be attending the sort of events where you're going to want to wear a tuxedo. People know the difference between a rented tuxedo and a tuxedo that you own that's fitted for you, and how comfortable you look even in that base model tuxedo. And like yep. you said, only thing you might need to do is change the color of the tie, the vest, or the cummerbund, and other than that, you're good to go. Boom, boom, pal. But yeah, yep. everyone should own that. That's my that's my piece of adulting advice for the day. There you go. Yeah, and at least one good suit, dark blue or black suit. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Well, hey, yep. let's go ahead and get into today's news, shall we? Let's see. We share that. Go over here. Clear that one. All right, so our first story today. Uh, well, we all know that there's, a, there's this big rumor out there, right? And the rumor is that uh, that the CDC doesn't have the ability to research uh, firearms, uh, use of firearms, or violence involving firearms. So first of all, we already know that that is a myth. And one of the reasons why we know it's a myth is because we know that those sorts of studies actually go on and actually do take place. And one great example was written, uh, written by over at Bearing Arms by our good friend Tom Knighton. Uh, where he points out uh, inconvenient studies get buried by the media. And the reason why, and these studies in particular that they're talking about here are the studies relating to firearms. Um, because in the end, once they do these studies, they find that, uh, well, the studies actually show that uh, gun control does not work. And that's what he's pointing out in this particular in this particular article here that's uh, currently up, over at uh, over at Bearing Arms now, Mike. It's not just the studies that prove this. Um, uh, oh, wow! Wow, and I feel really bad because I've actually spelled studies wrong. <laughs> I literally studies. just noticed that I spelled studies wrong. It's Wednesday. You got a case of the studies. <laughs> the studies. Oh man, see that's what happens when you you know you you get up early in the morning and you start putting these things together. Uh, probably should go back later and do some do some checking, but uh, I, I will allow all of you. I will. I, I'm going to assume that all of you will forgive me for my mistake. That's all right. We, we just, it's a, we've started our weekend. You can't be that studious, right? So, so Mike, tell me a little bit. What do you think? First of all, what do you think about these overall these gun these quote unquote gun violence studies? Listen, we see them happen all the time, right? Every time that there's a story that comes out about uh, how a, a gun control effort has worked, how a, a pro-gun, uh, you know, uh, 
rescinding of a law has worked. It's you know any the only thing that the media will print is uh, is the lie is is the portion uh, of of the uh, the article that looks good for them. They will not focus on the actual truth. What's going on? And and Craig, in many cases, they'll do these studies and find exactly right, like you said, that the results were not what they expected, that they were purely pro-gun uh, in, in, in nature at the end of the study. So what they'll do is go back and change the criteria. You know, you'll get something along the lines of rather than gun ownership uh, is on the is on the rise and preventing crime in Massachusetts, they're going to give you the stats from, you know, 16 to 19-year-olds uh, where it's increased in crime. Well, guess what? 16 to 19-year-olds are still... Uh, it's still illegal for them to own the firearm, no matter whose laws you're looking at. So they will change the criteria on you to tilt it in one direction uh, or the other. So these studies are, again, handpicked uh, and manipulated in such a way that they can't be truth. Uh, you know, we, you and I both know uh, one of the greatest, you know, crime research analysts out there with Dr. John Lott and his things, uh, his stories are refused they're, 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 people refuse to put them in there. See me, people on the left refuse to look at his stories because it's nothing but facts and numbers. And Dr. Lott's right. an economist. He's not a pro-gun guy. He simply looks and analyzes criteria, data, and numbers and puts it together. And when you look at those, uh, it, it's clear how gun control does not work. Uh, and, and removing restrictive gun laws does provide for a society. Well, you know, it, it, you know, Mike, it's also funny because you, when you look at it, first of all, the, the, a couple of things happen here. Number one is uh, either, they, either the study itself is flawed and how they go about doing and conducting the research. Uh, that's one big problem in many cases with a lot of these studies. Um, and you can see, and that's where really the, uh, that John Lott really stands out in terms of pointing out how either the collection of their data or the omission of certain data that they use. And when you include that data, uh, or when you correct for their mistake, how the outcome, how the data actually winds up looking significantly different. Uh, but then there's also the misinterpretation of the data. And a great example is uh, UC Davis just did a study and they were talking about the impacts of gun violence. And they're talking about, in Cal they were specifically looking at California. And uh, Garen Wintemute, who I've met personally, who is a, a, a former emergency room physician, uh, by the way, who does not study people, studies medicines, disease and injuries, uh, and believes that the Second Amendment is a disease, or at least acts like he believes that it's a disease. Um, but he's talking about, well, this is a need for more laws relating to gun violence, right? So I forgot to do my air quotes, gun violence. <laughs> but what he fails to note is that we've passed a number of laws in the state of California. We are, are arguably the state with the strictest <coughs> gun laws in the entire country. And yet you've seen dramatic increases in firearms related injuries, firearms related deaths in the state of California, which tells you that gun control is not working, but that's yeah. not their, their, their thing is we need more gun control. Not gun control is not working. And, and that's the, one of the fundamental problems is this misrepresentation of what the data actually tells us. Again, right? We, we need one more law. <laughs> we need one more law. If you give me one more law, you will be able to get control of, of everything that's going on. No matter what happens, anytime there's a crime, anytime there's anything involving a firearm, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, we need more law to control it. Because, you know, laws like 
murder and attempted murder and shooting people those i guess those laws are not enough so we need we need more laws more lies well um just so just so it's out there let's i want to make sure people uh, can find it uh it's the crime uh research center it's 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 crimeresearch.org crimeresearch.org it's the uh crime prevention research center but just go to crimeresearch.org when you're ever looking for uh, stats or needs and that's dr john lott's organization dr john lott but definitely make sure you want to hit them up and you know mike this leads me into i i leads us into i think our next story uh which has to do with you know and going back to what like i said what i said about garen wintemute and his saying well well maybe we need more gun control but the evidence shows and this is this ain't even a study these are just the numbers for example in los angeles uh, homicides have, have hit a 15-year high. 15-year high. Now, let's see. The last time uh, this were the case, 15 years ago was when we had in place things like uh, three strikes, when we had mandatory minimums. Uh, this was well before a lot. Most of the gun control that takes place that exists now in California wasn't even in place yet. And still, we see a 15-year high uh, there in uh, in uh, uh, in Los Angeles, but then you can also go over yeah. right over here to Chicago. Chicago is hit in 2021. It's the deadliest year in a quarter of a century for wait it wait for it wait for it. Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. Oh, we, already, we, already, we already said it once, and we're Don't only going again. to say it once, right, Mike? Don't say it again. Don't say it again. I like the picture with her and Corn Pop, though. I know. No, I think she, I actually think this reveals that she is corn pop. Because oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't, I mean, Biden looks slightly intimidated. Look, and the dude in the background is like, jump, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, think about that. In city after city, I think this year was something like 12. In 12 major cities, they broke records for, uh, for increases, for increases in, uh, violence involving firearms. And these are also all places where there's a significant amount of gun control, where there are significant limits on the an individual's ability to keep and bear arms. Now, right. that in and of itself ought to tell you that gun control isn't working. It, listen, we, we again, you know, just similar to the last story, right? We, we know that gun control doesn't work. We know that the violence continues to rise in the cities with the highest amount of gun control. Uh, you know, we, we tell you what has happened, in, what, what has, has happened, uh, and they refuse to report this statistic out of Chicago as well. We know that the, uh, the, the crime there, like we said, we went up, it was, uh, it was 794 shot and killed this year, 794 shot and killed this year. Up until two or three years ago, Craig, we had, uh, the everyday citizen being involved in these shootings. I'm not talking about the, the drive-bys. I'm talking about people that were targeted as victims in the city of Chicago. And we saw a slight downward trend after that happened. Well, the, the bad guys went out and reassessed themselves and they realized, okay, guess what? We can't pick on uh, innocent people anymore or regular everyday citizens because now it's it's legal for them to own a firearm and to carry to protect themselves. So they shifted their tactics to criminal on criminal crime and when i tell you there's 794 people shot and killed except for the people that might have been caught in a crossfire the, the 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 targets of every one of those was criminal on criminal so you know it's it's you can't just take the you can't just allow 
all right, I'm going to let uh, I'm gonna let the good people carry the guns. You still have to go after the bad people. You can't decriminalize crime. All right, you can't mix. You can't mix. Authorize the the the, the law-abiding people to carry guns without making criminal statutes for criminals to carry firearms. All right, it's 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 not going to work because guess what? The law-abiding are not going to go policing the criminals. That's for the police to do. And if the state takes away those violations, like we've continued to see, then the, the numbers are not going to come to swing all the way around. Well, you know, the, the other thing is, and back to the, the, the broken windows theory, yep. people, there are some people who are going to push the line. And that is just in their nature. I mean, it's kind of really kind of in all of our nature. Um, yeah. but some people are just, they're going to push the line and yeah. we have, they, we have to understand that if we don't enforce rules at a lower level, once again, like broken windows, things like vagrancy, things like, uh, uh, Nuisance uh crimes. petty crimes and, you know, shoplifting and stuff like that. If we don't enforce those laws, then the individuals who are committing those laws are eventually going to do a little bit more. And a little bit more. And they're going to commit a little bit more serious crimes. Until eventually they're committing crimes that involve violence against other individuals. And oftentimes yeah. that violence is going to involve firearms. Simply removing firearms or the ability of people, of law-abiding citizens, to be able to have a firearm. Uh, that's not going to change. That's not going to change the criminal's ability or willingness to enact violence and once again they're not gonna if they're not caring about the law then they're not going to care that they're not supposed to have a gun or use a gun on individuals uh so all you're doing is disarming potential victims and uh you're opening the door for criminals you're telling criminals look it's probably if this guy's a law-abiding citizen it's safer for me to rob him now than it was when you know individuals could actually arm themselves and carry a firearm yep yeah yeah, and, and again, it's 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 what we're seeing. That's the uh, that's that's the trend. Um, we cannot. It's it's two halves to a solution, right? Everybody's like, well, we have to do something. Well, guess what? You know, letting the innocent people arm themselves is one half. You still have to continue to enforce criminal statutes against those that are using the firearms illegally. Uh, just because we say we want to allow. The, the average citizen to get their firearm does not mean we're going to let a felon open carry uh, right. a machine gun. No, no. You must still enforce those because when you don't, you end up with 794 shot and killed in the city of Chicago. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, Mike, just before I move on to our next story, I wanted to note the magic, the magic of, you know, of, uh, of technology and the film. I want you to notice I got it right. <laughs> Studies. Oh, we got it. Yeah, we're back to. St there we go. Studies. We're no, we're no longer studies. I, I was. Studies. You know, I was going to be stuck on staying. Uh, uh, saying the studies there for studies quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to love technology. Got to love technology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving right along. Okay, our next story has to do with. Well, how do I want to put this? So, it is amazing to me it, it, just how how people are not willing to take the time to actually listen to what people have to say. Because I'm watching this story in particular, and I'm watching now, these are two individuals who support an agenda, the agenda of the people that are criticizing them, 
uh, at, while, while at the same time they want to cancel them because of the appearance of what they think it is. And what am I talking about? First of all, I'm talking about Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle, the comedian who did The Closer, uh, who had, as a part of the routine, had jokes involving the trans community. Uh, and you know, what's funny is, is that as a part of this joke, he's specifically talking about how he supports the trans community, he supports trans rights, he's, he's talking about all this stuff. Um, but, you know, he's really what he's going after is the members, the the aggressive members of the trans community who went after a friend of his who was trans uh, because they didn't think they were trans rights enough. Uh, and the individual wound up, this individual's friend of Dave Chappelle's wound up committing suicide. Now, re regardless, repeatedly, he said in the special, trans rights, yada, 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 um, didn't matter because they went after him. Well, a, a com another comedian posted a picture of himself on Instagram, an uh, individual named uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, where talking about how he celebrated uh, New Year's Eve uh, with Dave Chappelle. And needless to say, the Twitter sphere went all a Twitter and uh, decided that they were going to go after him and talk about him and, and beat him up. And to the point where uh, Oswalt felt it was necessary for him to post an apology, uh, a long essay long apology of you know for posting the picture but it also an explanation once again that he supports them supports those rights why he supports their rights yada 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 and all of that stuff and yet still still because people aren't willing to actually uh well watch the special from dave Chappelle and actually listen for themselves what he had to say they're also not willing to uh they're also not willing to read the essay that dude wrote himself or the original post itself. They just want to be angry. Uh, that's why I called, that's why I titled the segment, the intolerance of the tolerant. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good It's good titling. Um, it's not as good as a study studies, but uh, it's good titling. Um, the, um, uh, this is this is kind of you know uh, uh, just so hypocritical you know it's it's crowd pleasing you know whatever whatever the right term is for it uh, we 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 both know well and and, and folks you know well what uh, Dave Chappelle's been doing uh, you've gotten the updates uh, from us here and I'm sure you're uh, fans of his as well um, you know he's he's the one out there breaking uh, breaking down the uh, the woke people. All right. You know, every, every time they tell us what can't be done, uh, Dave takes it back up to them and uh, and puts it in their face and makes them look respectable or makes makes his comments look respectable, makes them look uh, ridiculous. Um, it's uh, he's doing he's doing great things for the first member right now. And, and to think that it would have come out of stand up comedy. I, I never would have guessed that a few years back. Um, this thing with Patton Oswalt and Patton Oswalt's a pretty good comedian. I don't know if you've ever listened to him before or watched any of the work he's done. He's pretty good, but he, he totally 100% caved, just bend over and took it uh, during this. You know, him and Dave Chappelle started together as young comedians in the same clubs. Uh, they were good friends. Dave asked him to come over when they were in two, they were in two parts of, uh, in, I guess it was in California down there in Los Angeles, two clubs uh, recently. And Dave invited him to come over and do some work with them on stage. They hadn't done that in a while. And that, like you said, that first picture from, from Patton was him celebrating his friendship. And when he got attacked because, well, Dave Chappelle is the devil that he, you're right. He wrote a 5,000 page essay uh, about how, uh, you know, Dave's his friend, but they don't agree on 100%, and he's adamantly against what Dave... Patton, it's clear Patton Oswalt hadn't even watched Dave's show, had not seen what Dave said about 
uh, about uh, the LGBT community. We know uh, that Dave is not the uh, the homophobe that everybody's making him out to be. Um, so listen, it's just it's just another guy who fell fell cowardly to the pressures uh, of the Twitter sphere, and uh, you know as a as my cousin Vinny said, I'm done with this guy. I'm done with this guy. So he's out. He's out. Uh, Patton who? I don't know who he is anymore. Well, ultimately, here's the thing. Is it is you know, the great thing about comedy is comedy is really about taking truth, taking reality, and kind of expanding it, or at least a perspective. Expanding it and mocking it and making fun of it, really getting people to look at it in a fun, lighthearted way. Well, it's, and what's the formula, remember, is tragedy plus time equals comedy. It's just a matter of determining the right time. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in this particular case, what's frustrating to me is, is that it, it takes courage to do comedy because you have to, if it's really good comedy, you're going to push the envelope. And the worst part here is you have an individual who, uh, well, somewhere along the lines, he went from being a young, uh, hungry comedian interested in speaking the truth and decided that the money was more important to him. And the fear of losing his audience. I mean, this is what's what is what gets me here is you have Dave Chappelle, who has no fear of losing his audience, right? right. He's not talking. He's not worried about losing his audience. If he was worried, he never would have quit the Chappelle show, right? right. If that were a big deal to him, um, and be as a result of that, he's bigger now than ever, right? Yep. But at the other hand, you have a guy who really, I mean, it started off with nothing. Uh, has a little something and now is basically kowtowering and cowering because he doesn't want to lose the little bit that he has. Yeah. And here's the thing, folks, he's going to lose that too because yeah. anybody who had any respect for him, one, if, if they if they had respect for him but they don't like the whole him being associated with Chappelle, they're done with him, right? They're not, they don't yeah. care about his apology. And people who appreciated the fact that he was willing to stand up and be a comedian and talk about and be rough and, and stand up with Dave Chappelle, people who like that, well, now yeah. that he's kowtowed, they will have nothing to do with him. So now he will go into obscurity. Uh, back yeah, to obscurity. Yeah, he's probably, where like he, you said, where he's, where he's, he he, yeah, he's ruined his career also. Because remember, he's not just a comedian, he does a, a fair bit of television. Um, you know, and, and and even did some movies. He's good friends with that with that East Coast crowd, that East Coast conservative co comedians. You know, the Kevin James, right. the Adam Sandlers. We've talked about them before. You think now that he's done this, that he stood up and dissed, uh, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle, that the likes of a uh, you know Kevin James and, a, and a Adam Sandler are going to have anything to do with Patton Oswalt anymore? Not publicly, <laughs> not not professionally. No, so done. Yep, yep. That that be the way it be. Yep. All right, let's move right along. Uh, we're getting short on time here, and uh, we got a few stories left to cover. The next story that we are going to be covering has to do with Orange. Actually, Mike, I'm thinking this might be better for you to comment on, seeing as how this is in your neck of the woods. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass the baton on to you to talk about this next story. We'll do this, and I know we're running short on time, so we'll try and give you the wrap here on this one. Um, Yesterday, Tuesday, was the first day back to school in Orlando, Florida. Orlando is uh, in the top five uh, of, of sizes of school districts in the nation. So just to give you that uh, the size element, most people may not think of Orlando as that big, but it's it's top one of the top five uh, school districts in in the in this in the uh, the country. So um, 
uh, our mayor here is 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 adamantly uh you know pro liberal and pro covid and everything else and fights with captain florida governor DeSantis every day and, and makes himself look foolish well there was a big story and that's why we'll, we'll drop this link just into your uh into the comments here for you to see later on that uh it um uh it is you know there's a five thousand teachers i think 700 it was you know just around 10 10 12 percent of the teachers called in sick and it was about that many of the students that also called in sick because the the news media has got to everybody believing that omicron is the death of us well this entire story goes down through and talks about Omicron, the, the positive rate, Omicron, there's so many people with Omicron, there's so many people with Omicron that, uh, you know, we're going back to masks, we're going back to everything else. Um, and that's, that's what's, what's the crux of the story is that they're all lies, you know, it's all misleading. Again, no numbers beyond the positive number of, of, of Omicron. Um, are the mayor got up on the TV yesterday and said, we're at a 30% positive rate of the million people in central florida in orlando that were at a 30 percent positive rate um craig i i haven't been tested and i don't know anybody else that's been tested so i don't know where the hell they're coming up with these numbers uh but this this story just continues to tell the lie that oh you got omicron it's time to shut the world down we gotta oh we got we gotta flatten the curve we gotta wear masks we gotta do all of this stuff uh you know the, the mayor here is talking about getting his uh his his, his covid task force team back out there and standards and everybody around town is like yeah yeah bring bring that stuff to me man like like pedro uh like pedro said in major league bring that stuff to me man bring that stuff to me <laughs> you know mike what's 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 stupid about this is this is that now even there are even segments of the mainstream media that are finally reporting that uh yeah first of all omicron is not that serious it's it's yeah. low it's in particular and they always make yeah. it a point to point out uh it, it is it is more particular that it's not that serious if you have been vaccinated. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. the numbers are the same. It's still, if you want to say they're exactly the same, but even if you're unvaccinated, it's still not that as nearly as serious as either Delta or Alpha. Uh, so we know already that it's that low. But if you look at it, and I, I, I remember in the very beginning, I was going on and I was checking the, the international and national websites on a daily basis. Uh, now I check them every, like, probably once a week. And you see, there's a huge spike. I mean, we just saw a day where there was a million people tested positive for Omicron. But guess what you haven't seen a change in? You haven't seen a change in hospital rates since July, yep. August, yep. since we saw the yep. Delta spike. There really yep. hasn't been much of a change in hospitalizations. And there hasn't been much of a change in terms of, of, of deaths and mortality. Yep. Because what's happening is, People are surviving Omicold. They're surviving. They the old, old. They're surviving the old, the old Omicold. And you know what? The, 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 this is ridiculous too. Remember, we talked about this was a stat that we saw that actually came from you know a reputable source was that uh, uh, that something like over fifty percent now that have tested positive are asymptomatic completely. No, right. no idea whatsoever. And those that are symptomatic are. Or maybe one or two. They're talking, and we had we saw the the parting shot on it. Remember, they right. had the scratchy throat and the sniffles. You know, right. that's that's what they got from this. Not saying there's not serious cases of it. All right, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure if you get somebody that's got a, a bunch of contributing factors, this is this is just as dangerous as the flu would be to one of those people. But this is done and this is over with, and they refuse to let it die. Well, and because because and this is I blame I blame the left and I blame the mainstream media because they're the ones. Have, that have been peddling 
fear, and, and even leading up to Omicron, they were like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Omicron. Kind of like, you know, like you used to see the old Godzilla movies. They were like, Gazira, Gazira, right? Yeah, Gazira. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. that that's what it's Gazira. like. It's like, they're like, oh my God, it's Omicron, it's Omicron. Now, by every indication, Omicron was not going to be that bad. By every single indication. You know the difference between uh, uh, COVID, Omicron, and Godzilla, right? What? Godzilla was real. Godzilla was real. <laughs> but here's the thing. So now you have people who are out there who are so scared, they're running out and they're getting tests. And that leads us to our next story. Yeah. Folks, this is in the Atlantic. Stop wasting COVID tests. Please stop. This is the Atlantic. This is the left-wing Atlantic. And even they're saying, folks, stop it. Stop going out and getting tested if you are asymptomatic. If you don't have any symptoms, you don't need to get to... Now, I get it. If you need to go to some places, it's required, right? Some places you got to get tested in order to go if you want to fly internationally, if you want to go certain places, if you're unvaccinated and you want to go certain places, you got to get tested. But stop getting tested just because you're afraid you might have... If you're not symptomatic, don't go get tested. It's just, it's a waste of tests, especially at a time when we have a, a, a shortage, a national shortage of tests that, by the way, aren't always accurate. Yeah. If you notice in that picture, by the way, uh, you know, they're all uh, standing there next to each other, some with masks, some without masks, uh, no social distancing going on uh, as they're waiting in line to get their tests done. Um, I, I get it, Craig. Listen, if, if you've got to fly international, if there's a couple of places you have to have a test to do that then that's what you have to do. Uh, you know, what have I done? I've stopped flying international, all right? I'll wait till this is over before I go somewhere and have to deal with crazy rules going on there as well. Um, if, if you get one of those, listen, you uh, if you're in one of those states where, oh, if you want to come watch a sporting game or a music event that you've got to get a COVID test before you go, they tell them to kiss your ass, okay? Because guess what? You vote with your wallet. All right. They'll, as long as you continue to kowtow and, and wear a mask and get a test, they're going to continue to demand that control over you. Well, you know, what's funny, uh, me and my brother got into an argument because he was talking, he was pointing out how Omicron is still going to cause disruptions. Right. And it's funny because in the article that he shared, even though they admit that it's not as serious and the hospitalizations aren't up and the deaths aren't up, that it's, you know, it's causing like, for example, worker shortages, people not being able to show up to work. It's affecting travel and all of that. Excuses. And what I explained to my brother Excuses. was, here's the thing. And it's the exact same thing that's happened with COVID all along. Overall, COVID has not caused a major disruption. What's caused the major disruption or the long-term major disruption has been government's reaction to it. In states like Florida, where they where they closed temporarily and then they opened back up or they never closed at all, or where they actually started taking a look at, okay, let's protect the vulnerable and let's identify yes. what the what the what the high risk activities are. Uh, and then let's let everyone else kind of live their lives. The economic impact of COVID has been relatively minimal, right? The travel, yeah. the the daily lives, the educational impact of, of COVID has been relatively minimal. The thing that has derailed so many states and so many schools and all of that has been the government's reaction to COVID. That's what's that's where the problem's been. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, hey, we're at 35 minutes, so we're gonna go ahead and go right into our uh right into our parting shot. Uh now uh you guys all have probably heard about Giselle Maxwell. 
Uh, she was the friend of Jeffrey Epstein, who, by the way, in case you didn't know, did not commit suicide. Uh, she is the uh, person who helped uh, arrange and groom, or who was convicted of uh, arranging and grooming uh, young girls uh, for uh, sex with Mr. Epstein and his friends. Uh, and uh, it has been rumored, and I'm sure that uh, she will probably be putting together a, a list of people who have uh, frequented uh, uh, what they what they call that island of his, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island. Epstein Island. What? Epstein Island. Epstein Island. Epstein Island. Um, and, uh, well, let's just put it this way. Underage we all know island. that he is good friends with a number of politicians, Democrat politicians specifically. They tried to tie him to Donald Trump, but the only image you can find out there with him and Donald Trump is they're not even looking at each other. They're standing near each other looking at two different people. Right, but right. Anyway, but there is a politician that they are very, very close with, a politician that has... Uh, presidential aspirations so that leads us to our parting shot of the day yeah um (laughs) maxwell suicide note i sent uh i sent out uh, i think it was new year's eve i sent out a meme that basically said the the meme of the year will be giselle maxwell did not commit suicide (laughs) right yes and i think i responded to you with one that said giselle maxwell 1961 to a week or so from now. A week or so from now. Right, right, right. All right, Mike. Hey, go ahead. Give us a shout out to our sponsors. Hey, let's say hi to our good friends at uh, Gorilla Machining at Ghost uh, Ghost Defense. Excuse me, excuse me. Gorilla Machining Ghost Grid Feds. Defense. Grid Defense. Grid, uh, they, they're formerly known as Ghost. I've known them that long. Uh, grid Defense and our good friends at the California Republican Assembly. Excellent. Folks, hey, please take make it a point. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, you can listen to the audio version of this program anywhere you get podcasts. Check us out. Look for The Rundown, uh, 2A News and Conservative Views. Uh, thank you so much for liking, sharing, subscribing, and encourage your friends to do the same. One more thing. Don't forget, SHOT Show Party, Monday, January 17th, Hofbrau House in Vegas. Yes. SHOT Show, January 17th in Hofbrau House in Vegas. Come out and see all of us from... Uh, the rundown from arms room radio from all of our good friends from gorilla. The guys from gorilla will be there. The guys from grid defense will be there. It's going to be a heck of a time. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. If you can be in Vegas, you want to make sure that you're there. All right, folks, you you guys take care. We will see you tomorrow on thirsty Thursday.